Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. I want to talk to you today on a message that I've titled, Give It Another Go. Give it another go. Have you ever walked away from something too soon? Perhaps it was a career opportunity, a strategic relationship, a dream. Maybe right now you feel trapped in a certain area of your life. Your present reality does not match up to what was once your future expectation. And it's not necessarily down to what you did do or what you didn't do. You put in the maximum effort. You had the right conversations. You worked hard, yet the outcome you believed just hasn't come to pass. The doors didn't open in the way you thought they would have. And so you've laid that thing down. You've put it to one side. Perhaps you've even walked away from it. And you've let it go and you've moved on. Well, if that's you today, if there's anyone in here that feels like that, I'm glad you're in church this morning. Because I want to encourage you today from a passage of text in Luke 5. And I'm going to read it, Luke 5, verse 1 through to verse 9, in the New King James Version this morning. And you can follow it along on the big Northern Ireland Bible. How many people like a big Northern Ireland Bible? Just two of you. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. I know you've always got my back, big Joe. Thank you. Well, here we go. It says this, So... It was, as the multitude pressed about him, they're talking about Jesus here, they pressed about him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then Jesus got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put it out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish that their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat, come, come on, come and help us. And they came and and their boats were filled too, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished. They were astonished at the amount of fish that they had just caught. In Luke 5 here, Simon and his friends are exhausted from a long night of fishing. They had worked hard. They had gone through their usual routines to give them the best chance at catching some fish. Yet they caught nothing. Experienced, uh, knowledgeable, professional fishermen with zero Zero to show for their efforts. I mean, the Bible says here that they were so done with that night that they were now back on the shore. They were cleaning up their nets. They were packing down for the night. There was no more plans. There was no more plans. It was done. They were not going to go back out onto the lake that night. And yet moments later, (laughs) 
Moments later, Simon and his friends are reeling in a catch of fish so large that they couldn't even contain it. That everyone around was astonished. Astonished at what they had just seen. You see, I don't know about you, but when I see a disappointing, frustrating, hopeless situation turn around into a joy-filled, life-changing, miraculous moment, there is something in there that I want to know about. I want to know how did that happen? How did that happen? What can we learn from this story that can encourage our story? How did their situation turn around? And so I want to give you three keys. Three keys that's going to encourage you to give that thing another go. Whatever that thing is, to give it another go. The first is this. Number one is that you need to trust in God's timing. Trust in God's timing. Giving it another go means you need to trust in God's timing. At the start of every year, my wife and I, we pray and believe God for a specific word or scripture in the Bible that we can look at and and, and one that will carry us for the next 12 months. Amazingly, At the start of 2022, we both felt drawn to the exact same passage of text, and in particular, this verse here in Luke 5, verse 4, where Jesus says, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now, for years, Lisa and I have been living in East Sussex, down in the south of England, due to Lisa's job. She is a doctor with a very specific role. But our dream had been to move back to my hometown of Norwich, where I could be near to my family. You see, we have two daughters, and Lisa works long hours, and I travel a lot. We, we need some help. We, need some po- we needed some support. However, every time Lisa explored new job opportunities in Norwich, the door remained closed. We prayed about it constantly for five years. For five years, we knocked on heaven's door, believing, trying, and it would never open up. And so we laid it down. We laid it down. We laid the idea down and we walked away. And then we got this word. <laughs> Launch out into the deep. In other words, give it another go. Do you know when you've been believing God for something for a long time, when you've been knocking on heaven's door for a long time and you've laid it down, the last thing you want to hear, the last thing you want to hear is go and give it another go. <laughs> go try again. We felt like those fishermen. We'd been out, we'd been out all night. We'd, ex- we'd exhausted all the options. Lisa had explored every single potential opportunity and, and there was nothing. Only a miracle could open the door. Well, fast forward a few months. Later that year, Lisa gets a job in a hospital one hour away from Norwich. It was amazing. But then we had to sell our house in the middle of a a housing crisis when all the prices were plummeting. I actually had people say to me, oh, Luke, you should have done this last year. I said, thank you very much. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. I would have loved that. But you know what? We sold the house within three weeks for a profit and we moved three months later back to the city of Norwich on the 20th of December, 2022. It took a year 
And within those 12 months, there was periods of silence. There was days of doubt. There was unforeseen obstacles. But knowing that we were in God's timing and not anymore in our timing gave us the reassurance that we were going to see those promises that God had set apart for us. Now, I don't share this story to brag about us. I share it to encourage you for whatever you're believing for. Because sometimes it's not that what you are believing for is wrong. It's more to do whether the timing is right. It's about timing. You see, the fishermen, they had done everything right that night. They were in the right time. They were in the right place. But it was only after they had an encounter with Jesus and acknowledged him as their master and got on board with his plan for that night, his plan for that day, did everything change. You see, trusting in God's timing is difficult. When we say a prayer, we want an immediate answer. When we start throwing out our nets and believing for God to do things, we want to bring in the harvest straight away. And so when that doesn't happen on our timing, we get so discouraged, so down, so defeated. But you know, it's normal to feel like that. I've felt like that many times too, especially over those five years. It's normal when we want something so desperately. However, However, it is in those times where we need to open up the Word of God and remind ourselves what God says. In Jeremiah 29, 12, it says this, that God listens to our prayers. He hears your every prayer. Romans 8, 28 says, God works all things together for good according to His purposes. 1 John 3, 1 says, How great is the love the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called children of God, for that is what we are. We are His children. In the book of Isaiah, God said this in chapter 55, verse 9. He says that my ways, my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. In other words, when things don't go to your plan, or when certain things do not arrive on your time scale, you need to trust me a little bit more. This is what he's saying here. You need to trust me a little bit more. I see beyond what you currently see. He says, I know what's ahead of your life. From the youngest to the oldest in here, there is still more ahead for you. I know what's ahead, but you've got to trust me. You've got to trust me. You see, trusting God's timing means this. It means being comfortable that even though you don't know how everything is going to work out, you have a peace within that God does. You may not know how everything's going to work out, but you have a peace within that God does. God knows. Sometimes God doesn't answer that prayer straight away or give you what you desire because He's protecting you or He is preparing you for something bigger. That is what a good father does. I mean, would you buy your child a car for their 14th birthday because they really want one? I mean, it would be a generous gift, but it would be very irresponsible on many levels. A wise father, a loving mother, they would wait until that child is old enough, until they've passed their test, until they are ready to cruise the streets of Porter Down. Oh, it sounds good, doesn't it? before giving them such a gift 
or answering their cry no matter how many times they keep knocking on their parents' door. You see, for Lisa and I, we obviously were not ready for that relocation in those previous five years of trying. God still had to shape us. God still had to mold us. He still had to allow us to grow so that at the appointed time, we would be ready to embrace the fullness of the promise that God wanted to pour into our lap. You see, timing is everything. Timing is everything. And for some of you in here, you may have to wait a little bit longer. A little bit longer, but that's okay. (laughs) That's okay. Take heart. Be still. Wait well. God will show up at the right time. You will not miss out. It might look different to what you're believing Him for, but you will not miss out. For others in here, I believe that the wait is over. The wait is over. This is your time. This is your word. Launch out into the deep. You weren't ready for it before, but you're ready for it now. And you need to give that thing another go. I know that it may not make sense. I know that it may be uncomfortable. I know that you've probably walked that path hundreds, if not thousands of times before, but that was in your timing. That was in your timing. Do you know if those fishermen had carried on fishing the rest of that day and the rest of that night, yes, they would have caught something eventually. However, there is a difference. There is a difference between your success and God's success, and it is called timing. Timing. Now is your time. Now is your time to go again. Now is your time to try again. Now is your time to believe again. Oh, I sense God is saying to you, run after that dream again. Ask that question again. Apply for that job role again. Believe to start that family again. Chase down that justice again. Have those conversations again. Seek that help again. Initiate that business again. Try writing that book again. Get up again and go again. The door which has been locked will open in his time. Yeah, if you believe it, come on, give him a shout of praise. I'm just warming up. I know I'm a bit loud and I sweat and spit sometimes when I speak. But I love Jesus. Do you know, I was preaching at a Church of England church last year or the year before, a very large one. (laughs) I don't think they quite knew what they got into by having me come. But I went for it. And after the service, a 93-year-old lady came up to me. And she said, Luke, as you were preaching, I thought I had been healed, so I turned off my hearing aid. I said, come on, sister, you have been healed in Jesus' name. (laughs) The second thing when it comes to giving it another go, is this. Giving it another go requires obedience. It requires obedience. Listen to what Luke 5.5 said. It says, but Simon answered him and said, Master, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Simon did obey, but not straight away. There was some pushback. 
At that point in time, he didn't know Jesus too well. He may have heard of him. He may, he may have knew about him. He may even have heard him speak before. But at this point, he was not one of Jesus' disciples. He was still Simon the fisherman. And a professional fisherman at that, which makes this story even more fascinating. He spent his days and his nights out on the open waters. He knew how to catch fish. He didn't have to listen to the suggestions of anyone else, especially that of a carpenter. But there was obviously something very different about Jesus. To call him master without knowing him was a public acknowledgement of Jesus' authority. And then to obey him was an act of humility. Now, as we can see, there was some hesitation in Simon's response. He was quick to let Jesus know that he had already tried what Jesus was then suggesting to little success. However, he still chose to obey. (laughs) Do you know, following God's commands aren't always easy. Following his word, oh, how it can stretch you, convict you, challenge you, frustrate you, change you. Sometimes, sometimes what he calls you to do makes very little sense at the time. To the point where we can even question whether it was God or whether it was someone else. I remember having this exact same moment when I was back in Bible college. In 2006, in Sydney, Australia, and I had um, gone down to church for the night service, the evening service, and and I had a routine every week. Before the night service, I would go down to the local cash point, and I would withdraw $70. This was my my budget, my, my food shop for the week. It was about 40 pounds back then. And so I would get the money, and then I'd head to the service, and straight after the service, I would go to the supermarket to shop, because it was nice and quiet. I liked it quiet. And so I did that, the money was in the wallet, and during worship, I I thought I heard God speak to me. But it wasn't one of those make-you-feel-good sort of words. No, 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 the word was, Luke, I want you to empty the contents of your wallet to that elderly couple who were sitting six rows in front of me. Now, at first I said, get behind me, Satan. (laughs) I am a student. I am on a budget. I need my protein, you know. I can't be giving away my $70. And so I pushed that voice down. But right through the service... I kept knowing, I kept feeling it, Luke, I want you to go and give that couple some money. Now, I didn't know who they were. I had no idea what the outcome would be, but, but I believed that God must be up to something. And so after the service, I, I went down to them and I said, hey, my name's Luke and I feel I need to give you this $70. And instantly, the old lady, the elderly lady, she started crying. She just burst into tears in front of me. And she said that they had an outstanding bill that they had not been able to pay for many weeks for $70. And they had no way of paying it. They were completely broke, completely bankrupt. And I thought, wow, wow, thank you, Lord, my work here is done. But the story gets better. 
12 months later, I bumped into that elderly couple again. I had not seen them once since that day. And they had been carrying around a, a white envelope that they wanted to give me. I was coming into my last three weeks of college. I had pretty much run out of money. I was hanging on. And they blessed me and they wanted me to open it. I opened the envelope and it was $140. It was double what I had given them 12 months earlier. And they said, Luke, the moment you blessed us with that $70, our financial situation completely turned around to the point where we can now bless you. Oh, the Bible says blessed. <clears throat> blessed are those who hear the word of God and then obey it. Deuteronomy says, walk in obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded you to do so that you will live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess. In other words, friend, obedience to God brings success. That's why I tell that story. Obedience to God brings success. God doesn't ask you to do certain things because he's, he's out to get you. <laughs> he's not trying. The Bible doesn't say that we're to follow certain commands because God wants to spoil our fun. It's the complete opposite. The complete opposite. In fact, someone once told me this. They said, Luke, do you know what the Bible stands for? B-I-B-L-E. I said, no, go on, tell me. They said this, it's the best Instructions before leaving earth. Best instructions before leaving earth. The Bible is an instruction manual written by God, our maker, our creator, so that we can hear his heart and follow his guidance. It enables us to live the life that he's called and purposed us to live. These instructions are here to help us, not hinder us. They are written so that we thrive and not dive. They are penned to reveal God's plan for humanity. God is waiting on obedience. He is waiting on you to hear his voice and then act on it. That's why Jesus didn't make the fish just jump straight into Simon's boat. <laughs> oh, that would have looked spectacular. Could you imagine after such a long night of fishing that they sat there by the shore and then all of a sudden the fish just start leaping into the boat? Yeah, it would have looked good. But that would have required no obedience. No obedience. Jesus is not going to do everything for, for wasn't going to do everything for him in the same way. He's not going to do everything for us. We have a part to play, and it starts by being obedient, surrendering our ways to his ways. When we live like that, when we follow his commands, when we do what he told us to do, you will soon find out that the fish are waiting on you. The fish are waiting on you. And so I wonder, I wonder what God has lined up for you on the other side of your obedience. I wonder what's waiting on you for obedience always brings reward. Is this helping you this morning? Perhaps the keys can come forward. Giving it another go means trusting in God's timing. It requires obedience. And the third and final key is this, is that it demands active faith. Giving it another go demands active faith. Obedience to God 
is not only hearing the Word of God, it is acting on it. Launch out into the deep. Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Launch out. <laughs> launch out. Do you know launching? To launch means to send out. It means to send out. It means to throw yourself into it. To launch something implies a level of force. <laughs> a degree of commitment. Have you noticed that, that once those nets or once that net leaves your hand, there is no going back for that net. It is fully committed to where it is going to land. I see that like faith, to take that step without seeing the whole staircase. But active faith is so easy to say, but so much harder to do. You see, Jesus that night or that morning was very intentional with His language to Simon. He said, launch your nets out into the deep. Don't just tentatively drop them over the side. Oh, it's been an exhausting night. Oh, just going just gonna, to maybe I'll catch something. We'll just throw it out a little way. We'll, maybe, maybe we'll expect you to do something. Maybe we won't. Maybe we'll see a miracle. Maybe we won't. Maybe it will happen for me. Maybe it won't. Now he said, don't, don't just drop them tentatively. He said, launch. Launch out into the deep. Throw it out with conviction. Believe 100% that you're going to reel in a catch. Oh, do you know that when an aeroplane, when an aeroplane is on the runway getting ready to take off, firstly, you better hope that the pilot has enough faith to get that big machine up into the air. And secondly, that he or she knows where the acceleration pedal is. They need to know where that pedal is. Because when they're on that runway, the only way that plane is coming off the ground is when they hit full speed on the runway. There can be no hesitation on the runway. There can be no stopping on the runway. There can be no turning back on the runway if you want to see that aeroplane take flight. The pilot has to believe. The pilot has to go full force, all in, facing forwards, go! You will also notice that to launch something means letting go of something. The plane cannot truly experience the wind beneath its wings and do what it was created to do whilst it was on the ground. A plane has to let go of the ground before it can enjoy the air. It cannot do both. It cannot be caught between the two. You see, I believe with all my heart that God has something for you. Blessings, breakthroughs and answers. But it's going to require both a letting go and a stepping out. A letting go and a stepping out. Now some of you know, some of you know what you're supposed to do. But you find yourself trapped between the two. There are days when you want to take that step, but, but you just can't let go of the net. And there are, there, there are other days where, where you're willing to, to believe and, and, and let go of the net, but you just can't take that step. You've seen God open the door. 
You've seen a glimpse to your future, but, but, but you don't feel qualified or, or worthy enough or, or good enough to walk through it. To believe that God is actually going to do that for you. Oh, you, you want to do it, but, but you just can't let go of that thing that's holding you back. Maybe you're holding on to something in the past. Maybe you're holding on to that old habit. Maybe you hold on to that little bit of pain. Maybe you hold on to that finance. Maybe you say you're living in freedom, but deep down, you're still holding on to that unforgiveness. You see, letting go, letting go of the familiar to experience the unknown is always daunting. When we know our surroundings, when we know our environment, our routines, it is so tempting to want to stay there like a baby bird nestled in its mother's nest. It is hard to leave that place of comfort, even when we don't like it. We don't like it. Even if we don't feel like we fit anymore, we allow the thought of change to overwhelm us. That's why so many people just settle where they're at, terrified of, of the unknown. Oh, it stops you from entering into the abundance, the blessings and the adventure God has for you. Oh, do you know that if that baby bird never lets go of the side of that nest, if it does not launch out, it will never know that it has wings that can stretch forth. It will never know what its natural eyes can see beyond the edge of his nest. Like a bird wasn't designed to stay in his nest you and I have not been created to live in shallow waters. There is more for you. There is more for you. And don't tell me you're too old. I baptised my grandma in the sea at 80 years old. 80 years old. Me and my dad, her son, we baptised her. And she, she lived the most fruitful year of her life the next year before she passed away. 80. 80. There is more for you and it's out in the deep. Yes, it's scary. Yes, you're going to have to be courageous. Yes, you're going to have to navigate an unfamiliar path. But it's in that place where you come to know the sustaining power, the divine plans and the abundant provision of God. You see, as impressive as this miracle was, and it was good, <laughs> It was a good miracle. Remember, Simon had to call his friends over. They had to get another boat to, 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 to bring in the, the fish. But the Bible says their nets broke too. I mean, this was an amazing miracle. But when I read this story, I actually believe that Jesus was ready to do more. He was ready to do more that day. I know it sounds crazy. I know they couldn't physically fit any more fish in. But let me show you something. Let me show you what the Bible says. In Luke 4, 5 verse 4, Jesus told Simon to let down his nets. Let down your nets for a catch. But listen to what Simon said in Luke 5, 5. He said, I will let down the net. Simon was obedient. He had some faith, but there was still a little bit of doubt in his heart. And I'm sure that he regretted that decision a few moments later when they saw such a haul of fish being filled and their nets started their nets starting to break. Oh, if only he had believed Jesus a little bit more. If only he had believed Jesus a little bit more. 
Friend, I came all the way from England to tell you this, that I don't want you to get to the end of your days and you look back and say, if only I had believed you for a little bit more. If only I had believed you for a little bit more. Oh, when you're believing God for a miracle, do not forget how big our God is. That He is a loving Father who wants to bless, guide and help you in every area of your life. There is no limits to what God can do. No limits. Had, had Simon lowered the nets, Jesus would have filled them. Had he given Jesus more room to work with, Jesus would have done more. Oh church, I want to encourage you that this year, 2023, let that be your word. Launch out into the deep. Launch out into, his, into the deep. Don't just give God a little bit, a little bit of your gift, a little bit of your tithe, a little bit of your day, a little bit of your thoughts, a little bit of your love. Give Jesus everything. Give Jesus everything, for I know I know, I know, I know that whatever stopped you in, a, in the past, I know that whatever's caused you to doubt, I know that whatever's caused you that discouragement, it can change today. How do I know? Because my God is not limited. He is not lacking. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the God who owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He is the El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is the God of more than enough. And my God loves you. And He would say to you today, launch out into the deep. hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd love to help us reach others, you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now. Cannot wait to see you next week on the Ariat Church podcast.